0: We'll follow along with the order of service as it's printed out for us in our worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin with our opening hymn, 556. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we our sins, God is and, just, and, will us our sins, and us from all Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father. I am sinful by nature, and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment, both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority... I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
1: In peace let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
0: Lord be with you. with you. Let us pray. Mighty God and Father, our Lord Jesus walked into the wilderness to face the devil's temptations, but he did not succumb to Satan's lies or falter in his resolve to save the world from the prison of hell. Bolster our faith by his mighty victory that we may battle against the forces of evil with courage and confidence. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. It was a crushing defeat that day in the garden. Our first lesson from Genesis chapter 3 records how Adam and Eve fell into sin. That has affected the rest of the human race ever since. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The word of the Lord. Continue with the anthem. It truly was amazing grace that though we had all been bitten by the devil's temptations and fallen into sin, God promised one to crush the devil's head, and he sent him. A lesson from Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned, to be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged to anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many?" Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, Just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. The word of the Lord. Continue with the solo. in honor of the gospel. Where we had fallen into the devil's temptations and sinned, Jesus stood firm, fighting back with God's word in our place as our Savior. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, The Gospel of the Lord. Be to you, o Christ. Please be seated for our next hymn, 863. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to start our sermon today with a little quiz. Which of the following historical figures has brought about the greatest amount of death over the course of the history of the world? Was it A, Chairman Mao Zedong, the founder of the People's Republic of China, who caused starvation and famine, forced labor and mass murder in his country? Or was it B, Joseph Stalin, dictator of the Soviet Union, who was known for purging his political opponents in the gulags and also allowed famine to depopulate much of his country? Or was it C, Adolf Hitler, Nazi leader who led the Holocaust, systematically exterminating Jews and other people, sending mobile killing units around to put people to death, as well as being a major cause of World War II. Or D, Adam, the first man who ate some fruit knowing that the consequence would be death. A, B, C, or D, what do you think? Hearing some different answers. Here here we go. Mao Zedong was responsible for between 40 and 70 million deaths, estimates. Joseph Stalin, responsible for between 15 and 30 million deaths. Adolf Hitler, responsible for 6 million in the Holocaust alone. And then World War II, about 70 million people died. But Adam, through him, death came to all. Everyone, through Adam, death came to all. Now, most people won't name their child Adolf these days, but Adam, well, I guess enough time has passed since then. (laughs) Through that one man, Adam, death came to all people. Whether they end up dying young or old in wartime or peacetime, whether that's through cancer or a car accident or a heart attack, regardless of how they die, that's how death came to them through that one man, Adam. Now our first question with that is, how was that fair? How could that happen? Through one person's sin, death came to us all. It was just a piece of fruit, wasn't it? Well, yes. It was just a piece of fruit, When God had told Adam, you can have all the fruit in the entire garden except the fruit from this tree, why did Adam have to eat the fruit from that tree when he had so much else available to him? It wasn't so much about what Adam ate. It was about whom Adam disobeyed and dishonored the holy and almighty Lord, his creator. Well, really, it wasn't Adam's fault, was it? Wasn't it more the devil's fault? Well, the devil, he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning, and he knew full well what would follow if Adam and Eve fell into that temptation. But it's not as though the devil strangled Adam and Eve like a boa constrictor, forced that fruit into their mouth. Well, they had free will at the time. They could have chosen not to eat it, Adam chose to eat that fruit. Well, was it really Adam? Wasn't it Eve's fault? After all, she was the one talking to the devil, right? Adam, whom God had made the head of that household, of that relationship, he was standing there the whole time. And rather than stepping in and speaking up and getting his beloved wife out of that situation, he let it happen. And then he ate the fruit too. God came to Adam first, after all. Well, really, is this really fair? If, if death is going to come to each and every one of us, shouldn't that be because we sinned? Why would it be because of Adam's sin? Well, God says, yes. It is because of your sin, too. Death came through sin, and in this way, death came to all men, because all sin. Even before there was a specific commandment to break, death reigned from the time of Adam until the time of Moses. Before they had the Ten Commandments or the other laws given at Mount Sinai, people were born, they had children, and they died. Born, had children, and they died. Death reigned because they had sinned. Paul explained earlier in the book of Romans that the heavens and the earth are proof... That there is a God. And our consciences, the consciences God has given to everyone, testify against us when we have sinned. So whether a person is a Christian or a Muslim, a Hindu or a Buddhist, an atheist or an agnostic, there is no denying that they have sinned against God. They have the knowledge of God written on their hearts and the guilt of sin seared into their consciences. Do you imagine living during World War II in Nazi Germany? How terrifying it would be, living under a dictator, counting down the days until you died. How frightful. Yet you and I know something even more terrifying than that: it's living underneath death. Death reigned because of sin because of Adam's sin, because of our sin. We know what it feels like to lose a loved one, maybe a family member or a friend. The emptiness, the heartache, the pain. Death comes to all people because all have sinned. But now imagine living in a concentration camp and hearing trucks coming in the distance, those trucks bringing blankets and medicine and food and other supplies and even better than that you hear you're set free you're no longer under the rule of this dictator that's what happened when jesus came jesus is greater than our sin jesus is greater than adam's disobedience jesus is greater than the devil as terrifying and as terrible as the offshoot of Adam's sin was, the fruit of Jesus' obedience, there's nothing sweeter than that. Jesus is greater. And the gospel lesson for today is an amazing way that God fleshes that out. Although Adam disobeyed God, Jesus always obeyed his father. Although Adam ate that fruit, Jesus didn't eat that bread from stones. Although Adam fell headlong into temptation and sin, Jesus refused to jump from the high point of the temple. Although Adam put the devil above God, Jesus always worshipped the Lord his God with all his heart and soul and his strength, only giving glory to his Father. Although Adam remained silent there in the garden and let things unfold, Jesus spoke up. He used God's word to drive back the devil. Although Adam was forced from God's presence, driven and banished out of the Garden of Eden, Jesus willingly went to the cross where he was separated from his Father in our place. Jesus is so much greater than Adam, but not just for bragging rights over Adam, not just to give you and me something to aspire to, not just so he can say he's better than us. Jesus did that for us, in our place, to save us. Jesus is so much greater, and Paul lays that out in three ways here in Romans chapter 5. First, Jesus brings a gift. Well, you and I, we deserved death. We had that coming to us. But Jesus gives a free gift to us. Every other religion, it all has something to do with what you do, what you deserve, what you earn to be right with God. With Jesus Christ, it's all His gift to us. And not just a free appetizer, it's an all you can eat buffet. Jesus' gift is abundant and overflowing, and not just to one person or a few people, to all. Jesus also brings pardon. The words that Paul uses for that here are justified and being made righteous. That is to say that God declares us not guilty. We are forgiven, even though we deserved death. Jesus obeyed God throughout his entire life, keeping the entire law in our place. And because of that, God says, you are acquitted, you are justified, you are made righteous. Jesus did this for all people, and everyone who puts their trust in Jesus receives the benefit of Jesus' pardon and his justification for us. The third way that Paul shows Jesus is greater is that we have received life. Whether we are young or old, whether we feel relatively healthy or not, whether we've been a Christian for a long time, or recently come to know Jesus as our Savior and trust in him, we have life. All from Christ, because he did not stay dead when he died on the cross. He rose again. He conquered death. Death has been swallowed up in victory for us. Christ's victory. So that even though we die here someday, Jesus takes us to heaven. And we will live forever with him in eternal life. So, who is really ruling? Mao and Hitler and Stalin, they've all been unseated. They're dead. And eternal death is what will come to all those who hunger for power and disregard the value of life for others and dismiss Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Death doesn't reign anymore. We might expect God to say here that Jesus reigns, Jesus rules, he is King of kings and Lord of lords. But listen instead to what God says, this amazing truth he leaves us with today. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? God says here that you reign. Death doesn't reign, you reign. Sin doesn't reign, you do. The devil doesn't rule, you do. Sadness doesn't reign. You do. Fear doesn't rule. You do. You reign through life in Jesus Christ. You reign and rule as you share that good news, that gift of Jesus with others. You rule as you live your life in thanks to Jesus. You rule as you bring your petitions and prayers to him. You reign in life through Jesus Christ because his gift is greater than Adam's trespass, and because he pardons all of your sins. May Jesus' hope and his comfort and his peace fill you every day as you reign in life through him. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for the life that you have won for all by your obedience in our place. Lead us to place our trust in you that we may reign in life forever with you. Holy Spirit, please give wisdom to Brian and Bailey Scriver called to be our Principal and Early Childhood Director, as well as to Emily Panzer, called to teach 4K here at St. Paul's. Graciously provide for the needs of your church, and continue to bless the gospel as it spreads and grows among us and around the world. In our Savior's name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. you <laughs> be seated for the communion distribution, and if you're visiting with us today, please note our practice of close communion at St. Paul's.